Channeling Spirit Virtual Summit, a platform where we have invited spirit to share messages, healings, and transmissions with all of us. May this energetic experience help us to expand our awareness and to deepen the relationship we have with our higher self, our spiritual team, and with Source, however we define them. Thank you for being here and for taking part in this amazing journey. So welcome back to the Channeling Spirit Virtual Summit. My name is Daniel Martinez Stahl. Um, I am I am the speaker for today's episode, uh, episode nine, season two. Um, just so you guys know, if I look at myself on the screen, if I look at my eyes, I'm below the camera. So I'm going to do my best to look a little bit towards the camera. So it looks like I'm talking to you guys. Um, my eyes also tend to wander as I'm thinking, so I just like letting people know. Um, so, <clears throat> where do I want to begin with you guys today? Um, as always, feel free to put chats or questions, um, comments, ideas, whatever, in, in, in the chat. Um, feel free to raise your hand at any point in time. Um, there's a number of things that I wanted to share with you guys. <clears throat> First and foremost, I wanted to talk to you guys about my own channeling journey because uh, it has been evolving since last season. And I also wanted to talk to you guys about life beyond form, what that means for me and what it means with regard to my humanity and for me, why that's important. Um, so let's start there. Um, <clears throat> so, when I started on this journey, I created a website called um, True Life Quest, which was a name that came to me because for me, that's what we're all on. We are on our own journey, our own quest to find ourselves. And that is the truth of our life quest. And so for me, True Life Quest represented that. And that was a representation of my journey. True Life Quest eventually didn't seem to fit right for working in spiritual regression, which is something that I started doing a couple of years ago. And so I came up with a name that was Life Beyond Form which for me represents the recognition that we are more than our physical body and that there's more to us than what we perceive in our physical environment. And what I love about life beyond form is that it's all inclusive. There's no distinction or limitation. It's not talking about past lives. It's not talking about alternate lives. It's not talking about the afterlife in between lives. It's not talking about other dimensions and other experiences other planets other who knows what it's talking about everything it doesn't limit itself to any aspect of our experience so it's an all-inclusive catch-all phrase that i really started leaning into more and more so for me life beyond form represents this journey this exploration I do not consider myself to be a past life regression person. I am not doing life between lives. I'm not doing 
QHHT. I'm not doing anything that is specifically labeled in that way. What I do is I facilitate spiritual journeys. And those spiritual journeys happen to take people into past lives, alternate lives, different planets, different universes, different experiences, connections with spirit. For me, it's an invitation for us to connect with our spiritual team, which for me always includes our higher self. And I always repeat that because I want people to recognize that when I talk about my spiritual team, I'm including my higher self in that. When I talk about you being connected to your spiritual team, I am always including your higher self as an integral part of that team. Um, so for me, spiritual journeys, a life beyond form spiritual journey is an invitation for your higher self and your spiritual team to share information that's relevant for you to experience in whatever way that comes through. I've had people, um, the experience that I always talk about is a woman that I worked with that when we went down the invitation to go to a past life, she found herself in a free fall within a white loving energy. And so the entire conversation that we had was in this free fall, a constant free fall within this energy, this white loving energy. And that was the entire experience that she had. And within that experience, we had conversations with her team and messages were received and transmissions were communicated. And I mean, it was an incredibly powerful session, but it wasn't a traditional past life regression. Um, and so that's what I mean by I don't see myself as being a past life regression therapist. And I hate the word therapy anyway, but that's a different conversation altogether. So for me, life beyond form is about recognizing and connecting with this other element of ourselves outside of our physical form which is all inclusive and for me the the life beyond form spiritual journey is an invitation for you to explore that space in whatever way is relevant for you that's important for you to experience at this moment in time and this would be different from last week or next month or next year or tomorrow it's really what is pressing in the moment, what wants to come through in the moment, being connected with that. And so where does channeling come into play with regards to this? So there's a couple of things that are really interesting about this, this journey. Um, as I started to connect more with spirit, I started to recognize the distinction of the energies that were coming into my thoughts. And so I started to differentiate between why don't we go here, which was my thought, versus why don't we go there, which was not my thought. And I, could, I started to begin to recognize that difference in my own head. And I started to identify, you know, for example, I was working with somebody and I asked her if there was anything else that she wanted to experience or if she was done and she said she was done. And I got a very clear message, and I don't hear words. I, I They communicate to me through my knowing. I got a very clear message of, there's one more place that we want her to go. And so I voiced that, and I said, by the way, I'm being told that there's one place that they want to take you, so are you comfortable if we go there? Um, and of course, she said yes, and they took her into 
kind of the Akashic Records. It was kind of like a library, a hall, where she was able to look into books and various other things to get information from them. Um, but that was one of the examples in my own journey as a facilitator where I was beginning to connect more consciously with the direction where I was being told to help facilitate. I love the term facilitator. Um, I have friends in the industry that they want to be a hypnotherapist, they want to be a, a you know whatever labels and titles, and they don't like the word facilitator because they don't feel that it is strong enough or um, authoritative enough. And I disagree. I, I love the term facilitator because for me, that's the role that I play. I am facilitating your journey. I am helping you to connect with things that are relevant to you. I am going to facilitate the conversation communication between yourself and your team and so this is a really interesting subject to bring up because the way that most of the people that i work with communicate with their team is for their team to channel through them in answering my question and i thought this was the way that everybody worked but i have friends again in the industry a friend of mine that's a life between lives practitioner when I was talking to her about this, she told me that she actually facilitated one of my journeys. And she told me that I was the first person she'd ever worked with where that was the case, that she's never had spirit communicate to her through me. Um, and that totally took me off, off guard because I thought that what I was experiencing was normal and common. Um, and so the way in which spirit communicates to the facilitator, can be through you where they're channeling through you directly or it can be a conversation where you're asking them the question they're answering you and then you're repeating that to me as the facilitator and there's no right way or wrong way i know that some people would disagree with that i don't believe there's any right way or wrong way i've actually been told that it also depends on the comfort level of the energy that wants to communicate i have a friend of mine who um we were as we were working together and we were talking about this, what we were told was that one of his guides will channel through him because they're comfortable with that. And one of his guides isn't comfortable with that and will telepathically answer the question to my friend. And then my friend would then repeat that to me. And so it isn't necessarily even just my level as a facilitator, but it's also the comfort level of the energy that's communicating through their charge through their individual that they're working with so it's for me it's a fascinating process and it's a fascinating journey and there again there's no right or wrong there's no judgment on my part in terms of what happens um i've been told things in my own journeys that defy the information that i've read in books even michael newton's books which are a big foundation for my work what I've seen and what I've experienced in my own journeys doesn't line up with the information that's in his books. Not that I'm saying that what's in the information in his books isn't accurate, but if you look at any of these processes, the journey of life between lives, it's not a fixed box where nothing outside of that is real or nothing outside of that is accurate. So the life for me which is the reason that i like referring to the work that i do as a life beyond form journey 
it includes the afterlife in between lives. And there's no judgment as to what comes through and how it comes through. I, when I go into the afterlife, I do not see loved ones joining me after death. A lot of the people I work with do. I don't. I've never seen that or experienced that. Um, I've had experiences where I've moved through uh, a white light type of thing, and I've had experiences where I've just transitioned. Uh, the work that I was doing with my friend, actually, the one that I mentioned, who's a Life Between Lives facilitator, my transition with her was actually quite fascinating because she asked me for details of what I was experiencing. And what I was describing was the fact that after I died, I didn't go anywhere. My experience shifted, and there was a shift in perception within the dimensions, and I didn't go anywhere. It was, and I can't really describe it. I can't even put words to it, but it wasn't a journey, you know, and we talk about, you know, we talk about the idea where after the death scene, we are instructed to suggest to the individual, you know, are you being pulled? Are you being drawn somewhere? And again, my experience is I haven't really felt that more often than not. There was one time, like I say, where I did feel that experience, but other times I don't. I just, I, I show up where I need to be. Uh, Scott uh, Fitzgerald de Tamble was my past life regression teacher. He's going to be season two, episode 12. Um, and a lot of the conversation that I'm going to have with him is a little bit of what I'm sharing with you guys right now. But when I did my a past life session with him, after the death scene, I went straight to a healing chamber. And I could feel that. And, you know, he wanted to end the session. And I went, uh-uh, <laughs> I'm not ready yet. You know, he was on a time crunch because he, he asked me to, to be a, a, a demo for one of his classes. Um, and so he was kind of a time crunch. And after my death scene, he wanted to bring it to the end and, and start talking with my guides. And I went, no, oh, sorry. I'm not ready. I'm actually in a, in a place of healing. And so that's where I went after the death scene. And there's no, again, there's, there is no judgment on whether or not if somebody experiences some way it's right. And if someone experiences it the other way, it's wrong. Um, and speaking with your guides, speaking with my guides, there's no right or wrong on that either. So if they communicate with you or through you or to you, however that happens, there's no judgment there. I am comfortable enough as a facilitator to adjust and adapt and allow within that process, um, which for me is really exciting as well, because I never know what's going to happen and how it's going to come through. I had somebody whose guide, and I've never had this happen before, but I had somebody whose guide had their back to them and would not engage with them individually. And, and I don't know what the reason for that was and what the purpose behind that interaction was, um, but it was something that I need to trust was necessary for that individual for whatever the reason at that time, which again goes back to the intention that I set in the work that I do, either in channeling or in spiritual journeys, is I really give it over to spirit for them to decide what is best for the individual that I'm working with, um, or for myself as I'm channeling. Um, 
as I'm speaking to you guys, I have no idea what is going to be coming through. I'm trusting that the information that I am inspired to share is what's appropriate and where I'm going and where I'm going to go. I had my own ideas of what I wanted to say, but as soon as we started the conversation, that all gets put, put aside. And so this is the level of trust that I have with my own team, with my own connection with Source, and with my, my trust that what is being said is what's necessary to be said. In examples of a couple conversations that I've had with other speakers in this season, I've made comments and I've asked questions that don't align with me 100% and almost could put me in a position where I felt like, well, that could be misunderstood. But me saying it the way that I did led the person that I was speaking with to respond in a certain way, which then led for me, led me to say something in support of that. Um, and so there's a reason and a purpose for this play, for this, this adventure that we're on. And the more that I lean into that, the more I'm able to let go of my idea and perception of control and trust that what's coming out is exactly what needs to be, be said and how it needs to be said. Not for my benefit, but maybe it's for Caroline to hear that word exactly that way, which doesn't relate with everybody else, but it relates with Kiara, because not what I said now, but what I said three sentences down the road resonated with Kiara, which contradicted what I had said, which Carolyn responded to. And so there's a lot of interplay that happens in these conversations that is happening at many different levels that I need to be comfortable with to let go of my perception of control and my perception of this needs to be perfect and exactly the way that I believe and, the, and represents who I am and, and what I'm capable of and my wisdom and my knowledge and my understanding. And, and all of that gets thrown out the door. I mean, I'll make comments that make me seem like an idiot and, and I'll say things that contradict what I believe. And then I'm like, why did I say that? Um, and so it's really fascinating for me as a host either in my podcasts or in these series, to really play with that relationship. And so this leads me into the other thing that I wanted to say, which is... As I was learning how to be a traveler in my own spiritual journey, being facilitated by Scott and by other friends of mine, um, my guides would speak through me to answer the questions. And it was really hard for me to, you know, I remember after my session with Scott, I, I said to him, I'm not sure if I've made any of that up or all of that up because, I mean, I'm conscious of everything that was being said. And his response to me was that he knew that it wasn't me because of my tone of voice and the way that I was speaking. Me as the the traveler, you know, it's like, especially after the fact, it's really easy for us to, to go into doubt. Um, and so I want to talk about that as well a little bit later on. But the reason that I'm bringing this up with regards to the, the spiritual journey and channeling is that when me and my friends got together to practice channeling, all of them were able to trans-channel. And some of them did it from day one which they didn't expect. 
And I spent weeks just sitting in silence for 20 minutes while they invited my team to come forward and they would be saying things like, oh, I can see energy, I can see orbs, I can see a face. And I would just sit there and just sit in silence and meditate as best as I could, trying to allow this to come through. And eventually, after weeks and weeks of weeks of going nowhere, I said, well, I know that I can channel my team because I know that they have done it while I've been in spiritual regression. So why don't I just do that? And so I closed my eyes. I went into a place of relaxation, which I know to do, which I've known to do most of my life. And I started talking. And I started talking the things that were coming to my mind to say. And what was interesting, and for those of you that attended the season one, there was a cadence to the way that they were speaking. It was almost as if there were pauses in between the words. And that was me faking it, because um, I'm not really feeling them at the moment. But that's the way that I was speaking. I'm no longer speaking that way. Um, when I've channeled with my friends recently, that doesn't come through as often or as as clearly as it did before. Though my friends can still recognize that it's not me because of the the way in which I speak, and hopefully I can give you an example of that. Um, the biggest challenge that I have is because it's going through my awareness, I oftentimes feel like either I'm making it up, I'm creating it, it isn't my team that's speaking through me, that it's me just faking it, I'm making it up, and I put that in air quotes. Um, but I think that for most of us that are learning to channel it, I think that this is a natural part of our journey and our process is to identify and distinguish. And I mentioned this in another episode um, before, where Eric, who's one of our spirit friends, said to us that we can learn to identify them by their energetic footprint, their vibration. and that we can start to identify their energy in our thoughts so that we can distinguish where the thought is coming from and who the thought is coming from, as opposed to it being our thoughts. And I started learning to do that. I've been very active in being aware of looking for that. And for me, it's really, 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 really subtle, but it is distinguishable. In the last, so last season, I was channeling a collective which represented my team, my greater team, which is inclusive of more than just my individual team. You know, there's a recognition that we are all one. And when I was speaking, I was speaking as a collective of all of your respective teams that were integrating into that conversation, into that message. And so I could feel that collectiveness in it. 
interestingly enough, about four or five sessions back, I started recognizing individual voices. I still don't have their names, but one of the voices was very strong in his presence. There was a lot of strength and power that was evident in his energy. The next individual was uh, also a male energy. He was much softer, more gentle. Um, the third person that came through was a female energy. Um, the fourth person that came through was a male energy, which is interesting to me because, and I'll go there. The fourth energy that came through was a male energy that I identified as myself because there was a recognition in the energy that felt really familiar. Um, so I'm guessing that it was myself. Now, what's interesting is that when I have connected with my higher self in spiritual journeys, I've always represented myself as a female higher self. But what came through on that day was a male energy, but it, I could feel that it was very familiar. So I'm assuming it was me. And <clears throat> so I'm beginning to recognize the distinction in the energies that are coming through, but it's really, really subtle, and I still feel like I'm making it up. Um, and I'll give you an example of this. The last session that I did, Yeshua and Mary Magdalene came through. And I work with Yeshua and Mary Magdalene's energy through Anthony and Renee that were speakers in season one, and they'll be speakers in season three again. Um, but they work with those energies a lot, and so I'm familiar with that energy. Um, and in my last conversation with Yeshua and Mary Magdalene through them two weeks ago, they were talking about me inviting them into my conversation. And I was talking about my conversation in my head, not my conversation with you guys. And the reason that I'm mentioning this is because last session with my practice friends, who came through was Jesus, Yeshua. And what was really fascinating, and I know that Yeshua and Mary Magdalene are one of the same energy and that they're two parts of one, that there's no distinction between the two. What was interesting was that Mary Magdalene also came through, and I could feel the difference in their energy. And in answering one of my friend's questions, Mary Magdalene started, and by the end of the answer, it was Yeshua finishing the answer. And somewhere in the middle, it shifted. And I don't know, I didn't notice when that shift happened, but I could tell the difference in the energy that I was feeling from the beginning of the answer to the end of the answer. One was her and the other one was him. And at the end of the conversation, my friends were like, what was that like? And I said, well, I feel like I made it up. <laughs> you know, it's like, who am I to be channeling Yeshua and Mary Magdalene? I mean, you know, and it was, is incredibly humbling. I'm getting all emotional as I say this. It's incredibly humbling to acknowledge and accept that such an incredible energy that we give importance of love and of compassion and power and strength would come through me in that way.
one of the messages that came through one of my one of the people that I work with, and and I talk about people that I work with because I don't like the term client. I don't like that relationship. I work with people from a conversation from a uh, business language standpoint. Yes, I have clients, but I don't see them as clients. I work with people. Um, and so the people that I work with, one of the people that I worked with uh, not so long ago, when we were done with her messages, her guide asked if they could share something with me. And it was about me stepping into my own power. And um, getting out of my own way. And the reason that I say this, and I'm sharing this with you guys, it was a really powerful message, not only for me to hear, but it's relevant for all of us to hear because what they were saying was, it's time for you to step in your own leadership. It's time for you to step into your greatness. and. As humans, we believe, you know, who are we to be worthy of that? And this reminds me of Marianne Williamson's quote, which is one of my favorite quotes, which I cannot paraphrase, but basically she says, who are we, you know, not to be the light? You know, what we are most afraid of is our darkness. And what we are most afraid of is to be light, to allow ourselves to be the light that we are. Um, it's not the darkness that we fear, but it's the light within us that we're afraid of. And who are we not to be that light? And so this is, in essence, the message that was being shared with me by this individual's guide. And the reason that I'm sharing all of this with you is because as we are learning to channel and we allow ourselves to connect with spirit, we're going to feel like we're making all of this up. At least I do, and a lot of my friends do. Um, especially those of us that remain aware and conscious as we're doing it, which is the reason that I want to learn how to be unconscious so that when a spirit is coming through, my awareness isn't interfering and, and isn't getting in the way. The way that I describe it is, the metaphor that I use is the way that I learned how to drive a car. My parents, we had these cars with a, 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 a front seat that, stretched across the entire front seat and i would sit in the middle and we would be on the highway and i would take the wheel while i was you know eight years old seven years old nine years old six years old even i, I would grab the wheel and i would just drive down the highway my parents were still in the driver's seat they were taking care of everything but i'm the one that's grabbing hold of the steering wheel and that's the way that i feel like I'm allowing spirit to speak through me is I'm still in the driver's seat and I'm giving them control of the wheel. And when I'm, when I'm able to get more and more out of my way, I'm less involved in that process, but I'm still in the driver's seat and I can come back at any point in time. So what we do and let us introduce ourselves to you. We are 
a collective and Daniel is feeling emotional at the moment because of our energy. He is sensitive at the moment because of all of the love that he's feeling from you and from us. And it's a bit overwhelming for him as well because he's also learning to handle and manage stronger energies. Like he said to you, Yeshua and Mary Magdalene came through last time, which, as you all can appreciate, are incredibly strong energies. We are his pack. We are his collective. We work with him. We play with him. We guide him and each other. We are a group of friends that explore different dimensions of existence together, helping, guiding, and supporting each other along the way. His greater collective is also with us. But we wanted to introduce ourselves to you. I am the second voice that Daniel mentioned in his description. He has recognized my energy. We have not revealed our names to him at this point. It would be too much analytical for him, and it's not necessary for him to know us by name. We love, appreciate, and accept the term of being his pack. And that again may change as he develops a deeper connection with us. We are here to invite you and encourage you to follow your own path. What is right for Daniel and what has worked for him, it will not be necessarily right for you. Everything we do with him is to help you find your own journey within your own process, within your own experience, within your own mechanism of existence that you are referring to as your human body. There are uniqueness and individuality that exists between all of you. There are generalizations that are used to help each other find their own way, but we invite you to look within yourself and to trust your own journey. This is something that Daniel is finding. He does not trans-channel in the way that he perceives trans-channeling exists because of what he has seen others do. He has been told by a friend of his, Maitland, that he is already trans-channeling, though he doesn't label it as such because he has his own ideas. Yes, he is aware of the voices and the vocalization that is happening through him at the moment, but he has learned and is learning more and more each time to not interfere. He, especially as we are speaking of him in this way, is aware of more and more of us speaking through him. And it becomes very subtle in the distinction in his own mind of our voice versus his voice. There is a process that you each need to find within yourselves that will help you identify how to connect with your team, have it be within your own mind, within your own experience, individually and personally, 
or have it be verbalizing out and sharing with others as you all have this ability to channel in the way that you are hearing Daniel do, but you are all channeling already as Daniel and others have repeatedly mentioned to you during these sessions. Channeling is nothing spectacular, nothing grand, nothing special. It is not reserved for a gifted few. This is something that is an integral part of your human makeup. When you receive information about your day, about what you want to do, about where you want to go, about how you want to act, a lot of times, more often than you give yourself credit for, that is channeled information that you are picking up from your team, your higher self, source itself, the energies that are around you, the plants, the animals, the apartment, the house, the building that you live in. These are all energies that are interacting with you and influencing the thoughts that are coming into your mind. And then you, with your discernment, decide what to focus on and what to choose to do as your next step, as that is your gift that you all have access to. Your higher self is constantly part of your experience. Your spiritual team, as Daniel defines them, is a constant aspect of your experience. You are never alone. We love you. We are you. You are us. There is no distinction between you and your higher self, you and your spiritual team. Yeshua and Mary Magdalene, when they come forward, they always say, we are you and you are us. We have always been with you and always will be with you because we are not different than you. This is a message that many of us repeat to all of you through the different channels that we connect with, and I'm speaking on a greater we when I say that. So thank you for allowing us to share this with you. And so that's me. That's the way that I channel. Um, I'm very conscious of everything that's being said, but like, like it was stated, I'm beginning to recognize more and more the space that I'm giving them so that not only am I letting them take over the steering wheel, I'm also letting them change the gears. And I'm also allowing them to tell me when to move the pedals so that they can shift gears more easily. And little by little, I'm allowing myself to shift over so that they can actually step into the driver's seat. Um, I haven't put myself into the backseat of the car quite yet. I'm still in the driver's seat when this thing happens. Um, but it's very easy for me to doubt the validity of what's being said because I have not let myself say anything that I don't already know at some level. And so I could very easily have said everything that you just heard me say. I have not gotten out of my way enough for them to tell others information that I am not aware of. Um, and that's another level of trust and comfort that I need to get to so that I can allow them to speak more freely without utilizing my database of information as a reference. 
And so I have my database of knowledge in my brain and in my awareness. And they're still utilizing that to answer questions. So it's really easy for me to feel like I'm making it up. And what I'm learning and what I've learned is that, yes, they are connecting with me and through me, and they're utilizing my brain and my knowledge, my language capabilities to answer questions. You know, time and time again, I hear people like Sarah Landon say that her team will ask her to look up a word so that she can understand the meaning of it so that they can use it in 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 a in a conversation later and so there's there's limits to the way in which we allow spirit to communicate through us because of the vehicle through which they are communicating and i'm being told to emphasize the fact that these are only perceptual limitations if we allow ourselves to recognize that we are divine energy and that we are connected to the intelligence of all then there wouldn't be a limitation but because we have our perceptual ideas as humans we create these frameworks in which we are allowing spirit to communicate through us and so that was an example of them telling me what to say because what i said wasn't actually accurate and i didn't hear a voice i didn't hear them telling me you should say this what i felt was a knowing of what they wanted me to say and so i could very easily have said thank you as some of my colleagues do because i could feel that that information was being shared to me to share with you and knowing this cognizant is really really difficult and the reason that i want to emphasize this and focus on this is because I believe that the most common clair, the most common spiritual intuition comes from our knowing. And because it is the hardest one to identify and distinguish, we don't associate it as being channeled information. Because it's very easy for me to say that what I just shared with you was just an idea that popped in my head, which it was. And I'm assigning linking the source of that to something beyond myself to my spiritual team my higher self source energy whatever you want to call it because that's the association and structure that i am putting around my experience and because i'm looking in that direction i'm attributing that experience to that to that situation but most people as they're speaking they'll get a prompt to say something and they say it and they don't realize that this was something that was inspired to be said by the higher self of the individual that they're speaking to or from their higher self or from their team or from whatever the case may be. It just comes in as a knowing that this is the next word or phrase. Um, so a couple of things that I just, I just want to, you know, take a little break here. Um, Carolyn says that she listened to a channeled message from Mary Magdalene where she said Yeshua and her are the same or form the same void, she said. And yeah, they talk a lot about how they come from, there's kind of different realms in which energies play in. And the angelic realm is one that people talk about and the void is another. Um, they talk about how they're part of the void. 
um, they do talk a lot about how they are one and the same. Uh, Yeshua and Mary Magdalene are the same energy. Um, they're I don't know if the whole twin flame thing is is a bit confusing at times for me, and I don't know if they would be described by some as twin flames, um, though I don't get the impression that that would be accurate. I think it's a little bit more complex than that. Um, but yeah, they're they're very they're fascinating. Um, Yeah, um, Sherry. More often, I remember a couple of times I was I was um, in speaking with people, introducing them to this platform, inviting them to come into this platform. I channeled for someone as an example of what I did, and I I started getting really emotional. Um, and what I was told was the uh, the emotions were coming from the intensity of the connection. Um, and so, yeah, I appreciate that comment. Thank you. And so hopefully this has been helpful for you guys um, to kind of talk about my journey and the, the steps that I'm taking and the things that I'm learning. Um, I've been kind of babbling on for about 45 minutes. Um, so I want to give you guys a moment to, you know, to ask questions or to, you know, to, to interact with me if you like. Of course, not necessary. I can, I can go on and talk forever. Um, but for me, it was important for you guys to kind of hear where I'm at in my own process um, of how I'm learning to differentiate the energies. And because it's really, really subtle. Uh, I've got friends that I practice with who are very analytical, very professional in their experience, scientists. Um, and so their judgment of reality is influenced by that experience. And so they question um no worries, Carolyn. Thank you. Um, so they question all of these other worldly experiences that they're experiencing as real or not real. Um, and I think that this is, again, part of what many of us will go through as we're learning to connect with these energies more intimately. Um, something else that I wanted to bring up is a friend of mine asks why I'm interested in channeling. Uh, no, Chiara, that is not you. That would be the other friend of ours. She knows who she is. Um, and so um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is how I've got a friend of mine that asks me, why am I interested in channeling? And for me, channeling represents the, how do I put this? As I go deeper into my own connection with my true self, one of the tools in which I am utilizing to help me expand my understanding of myself is to connect at a level directly with spirit and whatever that represents for me and others being my higher self, my spirit team, my loved ones, those that passed away, my ancestors. I mean, I can go on. It's anything and, 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 and nothing. It is whatever representation of source energy is being focused on. So I utilize channeling as a vehicle or a tool that helps me to identify 
and deepen my own understanding of myself. Because as I allow myself to go deeper within my experience to expand my awareness, it makes it easier for me to connect with spirit. And I use that as a almost like a, a measuring stick, if you will. And this is, again, rightly or wrongly, this is the way that I've been doing it. Um, I know people that channel that are not authentic. I know people that channel that I question the messages that they're saying. I know people that say that they channel and they're saying stuff that to me just sounds like a regurgitation of their, their, their own fears and their own agenda. Um, that is not the energy that I associate with when I think of channeling. Those aren't the people that I align with and listen to and work with energetically. Um, so again, I invite you all to use your own discernment. Um, Kitty is, is mentioning the authenticity is needed. And I agree with you because this is such a esoteric experience and it's so easy for somebody to mislead others. One of the people in my life became involved with a guru that helped this individual better understand themselves in very powerful and meaningful ways, but at the same time was also misleading them with agendas and crap that weren't in line with a higher understanding of self. And so it's really easy for us to fall into these relationships where we meet someone and we become attracted to someone who helps us see an aspect of ourselves, which is really true. But then it's mixed with other garbage that interferes. And so what's really been powerful for me in that relationship is to not have judgment of that process. Um, let me get to that, Cherry. If you listen to my podcast, there's a conversation that I have with Shannon Johnson, who's one of my friends. Again, she was a speaker in season one, will be a speaker in season three. She's also going to be a speaker for the bonus session of this season. Um, and I love her to pieces. She's amazing. We always have incredible conversations. And in the podcast conversation with her, you can hear me learn something about understanding the path and the journey that we are all on and that my friend who was in this situation with this guru that was misleading information i don't know what the reason for that is i don't know what value that was playing in my friend's life either in the present moment or in the future for this individual for my friend to be able to help others on a similar path or learning through that journey that would lead a different path for my friend. And so it dawned on me that the judgment that I had that my friend should get out of this environment because this environment was toxic was judgment that I was creating about something in my friend's journey that I didn't fully understand. And so I came to a level of peace within this process of seeing the validity of all journeys is valid regardless of what ideas i have as a human of 
them being good or bad. And so that was a really interesting, uh, interesting learning for me. Sherry's asking, have you ever asked what it is like for the being messages coming through in terms of what it's like for them? Is that what you're asking, Sherry? Yes. Okay. I have not specifically asked that, but I've been in conversations where something like that's been asked. Um, Yeshua, for example, uh, talks a lot about how when he connects with Anthony, there's a synergy that happens within their energies. So he is becoming one with Anthony. It isn't a question of him taking over Anthony's body or pushing Anthony aside. It's a, it, the way that Anthony and Renee work is really fascinating. It's another subject of conversation that I would love to get into. And I mentioned it a little bit with um, Angela Anderson. Um, but when we come through, we interrupted Daniel's thought. And he started laughing because he noticed in himself what he has seen in others when his friends and his team or their team want to step through and answer a question. He was going to push us aside and decided to allow us to step forward. And he has done so laughing and giggling as he's still humoring in this moment. What we experience when we come through is a combination of things, and it is difficult to describe. There's an essence of, uh, we don't want to confuse things because it's always different. And for every channel, it's different. For every connection, it's different. There are some that channel through that become very personified with the individual where they can feel the body and they can feel the senses of being human within a human body again. There are others, as we are with Daniel right now, where what we are doing is not necessarily taking over, quote-unquote, his senses. We are combining ourselves, like Daniel has described. This is a description that he is comfortable with and that he resonates with, which is the reason that we will share it with you. It isn't a black and white answer, so this isn't the way that it is done. But this is a way in which Daniel has learned to understand the process in a way that resonates with him. This is important for him because if it did not resonate with him, he would not allow it. Part of the challenges that Daniel is experiencing in allowing us to come through to speak more directly with you without his involvement has to do with the ideas that he has of what this relationship entails. And this is something that he has to find for himself, as do all of you, if this is a direction that you're interested in exploring, which I know some of you or many of you are in your own way the best that i can share with you that would be a suitable answer to your question is what we experience is we experience you and we connect with the unity and the unison of what it is like to be source energy daniel has been shared within the past through his group that for channeling to happen, and again, this is not black and white, but it is a good metaphor to share. Daniel reminded of reminded us of this. And again, we're saying this as an example of the way in which 
we collectively are working together, both Daniel's awareness and ourselves, to answer your question. Daniel thought that it would be helpful for us to share this, and we agree, and we are being very transparent, which is again part of what is really valuable for Daniel as a channel, is for him to be transparent with you in terms of his involvement and ours. Again, you can tell from my voice that I am the same individual that spoke to you earlier. You can tell from the energy of the experience that you are hearing and feeling that I am the same. It isn't just my tone, it isn't just my voice, it isn't just my speech pattern or the words that I choose to use. The cadence of my words, the speed and focus of the way in which I speak can shift. But when you listen for the voice within yourself, you can feel the energy of the voice that is speaking. And I'm bringing this up as an example of what was asked earlier. And I know that some of you were asking that question, and even some of you recognized me, which is the reason that I am highlighting this as a benefit to you all. Yes, I am the same voice that spoke earlier. And like I said, some of you had already recognized that. There are other voices that are wanting to come through so you can hear and feel the difference. But let me finish with answering your question. And we may or may not allow that to happen depending on, on what feels right at that time. So to answer your question, what we experience, there is a love and a collaboration that exists between ourselves and Daniel and anyone else that channels. There is an integration, there is a unison, there is a, Daniel likes the word, synchronicity and, nope, that's not the word. Daniel's interfering right now again. I apologize. Symbiotic is the word that Daniel likes to use a lot in describing the human and spiritual energy of your existence. The symbiosis between ourselves and Daniel at the moment is one of trust, one of companionship, one of camaraderie, and one of sameness. Daniel is allowing us to integrate with his auric field, giving us permission to interact with his physical form. This is a permission that he has given. And what we experience is we experience life once again through physical form, even at this level where we are not necessarily taking over his body. We are able to feel and sense Daniel's human emotions. We are able to connect and experience with the humanity of his experience, because at this point, this is a shared experience. If Daniel allowed us, we could jump into his body, and he would leave the body, and we would now be Daniel. And this is the process of walk-ins that many of you have heard and understood and have questioned. There is, again, no right or wrong. It happens more often than humans would like to recognize. Even Daniel himself doubts this. But in this experience, he is learning and recognizing that it would not be very difficult for him to step away at this point and to allow 
whatever collective energies we represent, either individually or as a mass, to then live Daniel's life going forward. So when we channel, we are not taking over the body, we are combining ourselves with the energy of Daniel, and we are becoming one with his energy, and linking, if you will, with the relationship that he has established with the physical form that is his body, his brain. The synapses that recognize Daniel's signals are the ones that we utilize. So we are still utilizing Daniel's relationship. If we were to quote-unquote walk into Daniel, we would likely, and again, there's no right or wrong, it's not black and white, there isn't one way versus another, but more often than not, there would be a transitional period where Daniel would still remain in the background, helping us and assisting us as we would link our energetic experiences to the synapses and physical elements of his body. The interaction that we go through when we channel is a beautiful one that allows us to also expand as what we share with you, as Daniel has mentioned in an earlier conversation. As we share things with you, it allows us to explore new ideas within ourselves. As you grow, we grow. We are one with you. We are the same with you. Whoever asked this question, and I apologize that Daniel is not letting me treat you by name, please unmute yourself and feel free to let us know if we answered your question or if there is more you would like us to focus on. And so I came out because I didn't hear anything, and I just want to make sure that the connection didn't get dropped. <laughs> um, so hopefully that answered whatever question that was. And, and um, Sherry, I'm not sure where you went, um, but hopefully that answered your question. Um, so... It took me a while to figure out what I was doing. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yes, you did. And that was um, so much clarity. And um, it really, well, I had no idea um, to the extent of even with the brain um, in terms of physically what's going on. Um, so, yeah, that was a, that was very, very fascinating. And um, it just takes some of the, like the unknown out of channeling and, and that truly it, it's, it's a beautiful, um, experience for all. It's one of these things that I, I hear time and time again, again, through the people that I listen to and the people that I work with. Um, one of the things that I was told, and this wasn't we got distracted with the answer as we were answering you and this is a combination of them speaking through me a little time ago a few months ago with my friends 
we were told that in order for people to channel, and again, this isn't a black and white thing, we as individual representations of source can go into a space of our awareness while we recognize that we are one with all. And in recognition that we are one with all, that includes being one with Daniel, the physical body. And it is from that place that I am able to allow other energies to come into me and to speak through me. So it is in the recognition that I am them and that they are me that mm. makes it possible for them to speak through me. And the more that I lean into that, the more that I recognize that, the easier this symbiotic relationship can occur. Does that help? Yeah, yeah. Truly, that's um, there is not two. And wow. And so again, I, I'm being reminded that there is that this isn't a black and white thing. This isn't the way that no. it is. And this was yeah. just a metaphor that was shared with me and my friends um, in a way to help us understand this process. And they know that I like understanding how things work. And so they they feed me with stuff. Like I've been given information about how we relate to our alternate lives in a spiritual journey in a way that's never come through in any class that I've ever taken or any book that I've ever written or sorry read um, and so they feed <laughs> they, they feed me information that aligns with my interests of understanding how things work and the relationship that exists between myself and them and myself and my higher self and myself in the process these are things that I'm really fascinated with and whether or not my friends would remember that conversation I haven't spoken to them about it. Um, I, I've got, you know, a friend of mine uh, at the moment. I don't know if this was something that was meaningful for her to hear, but it was something that really stuck with me and, again, shifted the way in which I perceive my own process and my own understanding of the way that I relate to my connection with Source and my connection with other energies that want to, that I'm inviting to. Uh, speak with me and through me. Yeah, it's huge trust. There is a lot of trust. But again, like I mentioned in the last session, there's also a tremendous amount of faith that I have in the framework that I've created about my relationship with Source. Yeah. So I have a very clear idea of what I am willing to do and what I'm not willing to do as a channel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a very clear idea. I don't believe in the word protection. Mm -hmm. it, it, the idea of protection for me is counterintuitive, and I've heard people talk about <laughs> this recently, that that re resonates with my perception. If I am protecting myself from something, I'm giving that something more power, and I'm enabling that something to come into my experience that I then need to protect from. It's the idea of, if I tell you not to think of a pink elephant, you have to think of a pink <laughs> elephant to not think yeah. of a pink elephant. Yeah. And so if I need to protect myself from evil energies, I'm inviting evil energies to come into my experience so that I can protect myself from them. And I say evil yeah, energies yeah, in this yeah. in this kind of air quote thing, right? And so the reason that yeah. I'm saying this is, you know, to your point about trust, I am very conf 
very comfortable and very confident in the framework that I've created around my relationship with source and my relationship with light, my relationship with my team, with the higher vibrational energies, where I am very confident in the fact that nothing other than will come through me because I'm not allowing it. I have no belief in the need and importance of that. What I am allowing to connect with is a higher vibrational conversation. And this isn't to say that a lower vibrational conversation isn't a value. I've, again, a another friend of mine uh, that's in my practice group uh, who was part of season one, he's had conversations with these dark entities and these energies, and it's been very valuable for him to have that experience. Um, and so there's a role and a purpose for these when they happen. I know within my experience that, that that's not part of what I am allowing, for lack of a better way of saying. And I say that in quotes because even that's not the right word. But hopefully yeah. what I've been sharing about this idea that I have full faith and full trust in the fact that I am and everything is light. Everything is light. Wow. There is nothing that isn't light, even the darkest and most evil of individuals and forces and energies fundamentally is light. And I know that at, at the core of my being. And yeah. so there's nothing that I need to protect myself from. But having said that, I have very clear framework for who I allow to come through me and who I want to connect with. And I have a very clear agenda, if you will, with my higher self and my spiritual team, which are working with me hand in hand, side by side, where I give them the task of overseeing who comes through. So if anybody wants to come through me, they need to go through my higher self and my spiritual team for their approval and their supervision along the path. So Almost like, um, uh, what's the word? I can't think of the right word right now. When a parent goes to a dance, a kid's dance, and they're, they're overseeing them. Mm -hmm. You know, my spiritual team is overseeing chaperone. all of, a chaperone. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. So my spiritual team is my chaperone. So any energy that wants to come through me knows that they're going to be chaperoned by my spiritual team that will, <laughs> in any that. instant, where I am in danger or I am being threatened or I feel uncomfortable, they will kick them out. And mm -hmm. I know that this is an agreement that I have created within the intentions of the work that I do. And this is a knowing that is really, really solid for me. So I don't need to protect myself. I don't need to go into, you know, creating a, a nice white bubble and all of the, the traditional things. And there's nothing wrong with doing that if you feel that that's important for you. It isn't for me. I know that that white bubble exists, whether or not I consciously create it or not, because I've already created the relationship with myself and my team to create a safe and sacred space. When I think about the divine energy of love and light, for me, those words are a trigger for a bigger intention that I have written out, that I have spelled out, that I have thought about, that I have structured and designed. So I don't need to go through the whole process. All I need to do is just think about the divine love and divine love and light of the divine. 
if I want to think about it. And these days, I don't even think about that because I can feel that the structure that I have created around my experience with spirit, with source, with entities, having be loving entities of my, my team, I have never channeled somebody that isn't part of my team. Yeshua and Mary Magdalene are the farthest that I have channeled from my team. And they will say that, that they are part of my team as they are part of all of your teams. Um, but I have never, like my friends, when I'm practicing with them, they'll have entities that have nothing to do with us just come through because they saw the light and said this would be fun. And then they will communicate with their gatekeepers and go through all of the checklists of what they need to be careful of and what they are allowed to do and not allowed to do. And that they need to leave our friend's body in a better state than where they left it, than where they came in. These are all part of the agreements that we have all created with our teams. And so this is why I don't feel the need to protect myself again in those words. Not only because I don't believe there's anything inherently to protect from, but because of the agreement that I have with my team, that they're chaperoning everything that happens, and I trust them 100%. Like, why wouldn't I trust my higher self to know what's best for me? I mean, that would just be silly for me not to, right? And so if I give that mm -hmm. authority to my higher self to protect me and to guide me, if I have a dark entity come through me, I know that my higher self is supervising that and that there's a reason for me to have that experience. And so my relationship with that experience is going to be very different than if I feel this dark energy is evil and out to get me and to possess me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's totally clear. And and it's um I'm gonna to have to re-listen. That's <laughs> 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 my brain's going, whoa, that, that yes. Um it's just funny. I'm just pondering how funny it is that how um I can, you know, get caught in something that I don't even truly believe in terms of like fear and how that can just come in when it's just a thought and it's just a belief and it's not true. Yeah. And but it's easy. And, it's so easy. And and you truly you really are. Yeah, you truly are in deep trust and and I, you know, and my spirit team is jumping up and down saying thank you because I haven't been putting them to work. <laughs> <laughs> so, no here's so the thing thank you. <laughs> speaking of that speaking of putting your spiritual spiritual team to work it's really funny because i had a conversation with a friend of mine about this the other day i don't clear my energy i don't balance my chakras on a regular basis <laughs> i mean one of my teachers who i love to pieces jamie butler and i'll talk about her to, and i'll recommend her to anybody and everybody that's interested in exploring a deeper connection with spirit and with themselves jamiebutlermedium.com she will invite her students to clear their energy every single day. And she says that she clears it in the morning and she clears it just before going to bed because her energy is going to be different in both cases. Makes perfect sense. I'm lazy inherently. <laughs> I've been lazy my entire life. So I have tasked my team to clear my energy when it needs clearing. And if I need to be involved in the clearing, I invite them to bring it to my awareness so that I clear my energy at that point in time. So I don't clear my energy consciously, but I have set up an agreement with my team and my higher self for them to do it with me at an unconscious level, at an energetic level. Same thing with balancing my chakras. I have no idea 
I don't, I mean, I know that I can use a pendulum to kind of see the the strength of the chakra. And if it's going in the wrong direction, I can alternate the, 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 the whatever. And I, if I focus on that chakra, I can make it, I can wake it up and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to be bothered with that. So I've tasked my team to do that with me. And again, if I am prompted to do something to balance my energies, it's because they need my conscious awareness to do something that they can't do without me. The the spirit of my home. I have a, an agreement when I first moved into this apartment oh. where the energy that is surrounding the apartment is going down, is going into the walls, down into Mother Earth. And any energies that are not loving and helpful and supportive and healing that are working against my greater intention and my mother's greater intention, those energies are absorbed into the walls and shot down into the floor, into the ground, and transmuted by Mother Earth. This is a constant flow of energy that is existing around the boundaries of my apartment. And I have, again, worked with the spirit of the home and said, hey, please manage this for me. And if you need my assistance at any point in time, bring it to my awareness so that I can actively work on strengthening that relationship with the energy flow. And so I did the work initially, set up the foundation, and then the spirit of the home kind of takes over. On occasions, I'm prompted to put my hand on the wall in appreciation and gratitude for the spirit of the home that's taking care of us and creating the safe environment for us to play in. On occasions, I think to re-envision and reimagine the foundation of the energy moving in the way that I had intended for it to go down into Mother Earth to be transmuted and transformed, and for that energy to flow back into the into the apartment at a higher vibrational level. On occasions, I'm reminded to think that. And I know that I'm reminded to think that because at that point in time, my conscious awareness is going to add value to that experience. But other than that, the spirit of the home does it. I'm lazy. Let them do it. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. So, you know, that's what, this is awesome. I'm just, it's so freeing. It's freeing. And it, that's what I mean. I just got so caught in the shoulds and the shouldn'ts and, and I guess comparison really. And, and that's not authenticity. And so, so thank you. I, like I said, I'm going to re-listen. There's a lot of um, well, deep wisdom here and much appreciation. Be kind with yourself because you say that that's not authenticity. And yes, it is. It is authentic. It's authentically where you are. And it's also authentically <laughs> yeah. where you need to be. Because if you weren't experiencing that quote-unquote lack of authenticity, you wouldn't recognize the need to be more true to yourself. And mm. that in and of itself is authentic. So we, we, we talk a lot about the duality of our experience, and a lot of people think of the, the bad things as bad. The bad mm. things are not bad. The bad things are just there for us to recognize that we want something different. Now, when I focus on the bad, I give the bad more energy and more credibility and more strength, and then the bad becomes, through the law of attraction, the bad becomes stronger. It becomes more part of my experience. But if I look at the bad as nothing more than just an invitation for me to recognize what I don't want and to lead me in a direction of what I do want, 
then the bat is nothing more than a signal on the side of the road that says, if you want to go this way, you can go that way. And if you want to go that way, you can go that way. And I choose to go that way. And so the bat doesn't have that charge. Yeah, it takes the charge out Does that out make of sense? And yeah, that's beautiful. Truly, and, that is truly beautiful. Yes. And so for me, when I'm questioning myself and judging my actions you know this is again the way in which i'm learning and believe me i'm not i'm not i'm not perfect in this i've got my own issues and judgments <laughs> but when i'm looking at myself and the things that i'm doing that i wish i wasn't doing i am learning to view my own actions in the same way so that I'm not judging my bad actions as bad, and this is bad, That's Daniel, bad. and I'm horrible right. at myself, yep. and I'm horrible with my mother, and <laughs> I lost my patience with my mother again, and I'm such a horrible son, and what the hell's wrong with me? It's you know, it's it, it's like okay, so I lost my patience with her again. There's still room for me to grow. There's still room for me to evolve. Um, so hopefully that's helpful. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank sure. you for allowing your 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 pack to come through. Anytime. <laughs> They're actually really excited to come through and start playing at, at a much more um, visible way. Hmm. So I've been told by a number of friends, including Jamie, that I have a very strong, powerful group of nine that are anxious to start working with me in this process of working with others um, and so i still don't know how that's going to manifest and and what is going to be what we end up doing um, but i know that they are an integral part of the way in which i'm going to engage with you guys going forward um, and by by you guys, I mean anybody that's working with me is going to be in that energy and that presence. Um, so, so thank you. They appreciate your your appreciation. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so Jillian is asking, do you watch what you eat? I guess is ear or food you trend or you transmute the feud and give it direction. So there's some some typos in there, Jillian. So I'm assuming that what you're asking is, do I watch what I eat and the food that I take in, and do I transmute this in in some way or form? Is that Wait. right? Yeah. Um, Can you hear me now? You yeah. say that you don't use protection and you don't do a few things here that some of others suggest that you do. So, do you know that you don't really need to eat? the correct food but you can transmute the food that you're eating into the correct food yeah so interesting that you bring this up i um sarah landon is one of the people that i love listening to and i bring her up all the time sarahlandon.com she channels a collective that she refers to as the council and their messages aligns very much with me and aligns very much with the three principle understanding that i was a part of for many years um and one of the things that they talk about is that it doesn't matter so much what you eat. What matters more is the level of vibration that you are at when you are eating it, which aligns with what you're saying. Um, so I don't really 
do that consciously so much. I mean, I'm a little overweight than what I would like to be. I'm, at the moment, I'm not doing any physical activity. Uh, I agree, Sherry. She is awesome. Um, I'm actually trying to get her onto the onto this podcast, and she's going to try and be here in in uh, November. But she's launching a book, and so it coincides with the book launch, and she might not have time. Uh, but I am hoping to get her uh, onto this this um, this platform. Um, but anyway, I am not in the best physical shape. I've always been physical in the past, physically active, um, very high metabolism. Never had to worry about what to eat. Um, I am slightly heavier than I would like to be, but I'm comfortable with that and I'm okay with that. My body knows that at some point I will be able to start being more physically active and to re-engage my body in that way. And I'm trusting my body to guide me if I, through my laziness, disrespect it too much, it will let me know that I need to take a different action. I've always been careful about what I eat so that I don't have to worry about what I eat, if that makes sense. So I'll eat anything, but more often than not, I'm going to eat fruits and vegetables and you know whole bread, and um, I don't really eat a lot of sweets and things like that. But on occasions, I want the ice cream, and I don't think anything of it. Um, I enjoy it. And, and this actually brings up a, a very interesting point. One of the people, and I, this was in the beginning of my my journey with with channeling and connecting with spirit. One of the people that I was listening to was talking about how one of the ways in which we can learn to engage with spirit is to invite them into our pleasures, to invite them into our human experience. And so, as I'm enjoying the pleasure of eating my vanilla ice cream, which is my favorite flavor, I am inviting my team to savor what it's like to experience the joy of eating a vanilla ice cream. I love dried apricots and I eat them, I've been eating them lately more often than before, but I love the taste of dried apricots. And so on occasions, and not every time, but on occasions as I am really enjoying the flavor and the sensational experience of the dried apricot in my mouth, I will invite spirit and I say that generally, to experience that with me. And, you know, to answer your question, I don't actively transmute food or drink. Um, I know friends of mine that practice Reiki energy will use Reiki energy every time they cook and prepare food to clean the energy of the food in preparation for going into the body. People talk about being grateful for the food before we ingest it and to share gratitude for wherever and however that food became available for us. Have it be a living organism or have it be um, a, a, a man-made processed food. There's a lot of elements that went into play to make that possible for me to even have it in front of me. And so being grateful for that process is something that I do when I remember. I'm not good at remembering it all the time, but it is something that I do when I remember. So that's what I do. Um, hopefully that I, I don't know if, the, if there was anything else that you wanted to share about that, Jillian, um, or ask more specifically around it. No, you got it. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for bringing that up. It's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting uh, direction to go in. Um, I, one of the things that I, 
one of the things that I've always been very proud of is my connection with my body. I've always felt like, and I've always felt this, like I have a very strong sense of my body. Like that's one of the reasons that I feel like I was always very good athletically. Like I knew what my body was doing and how to move, when to move, what to do, the, the, the specifics of movement, the understanding of, of where I am in space. The relationship that I have with my body has always been very strong. Um, and so I trust in that. And I, I, I give my, my body a lot of space to an appreciation for letting me be lazy with it right now while I'm taking care of my mother. And God, I really don't want to deal with having to, you know, do exercise and deal with all of the, all of that stuff associated with it. So I've been really, really lazy with my own physical fortitude while I am taking care of my mother. Um, but my body knows that it can tell me at any point in time if I go too far, if it needs something from me. Again, like I said, with the, the spirit and different things, I give permission and I'm aware enough with my experience with my body that if it needs more of me, I will respect that and I will honor that. And I will take, and I, and it knows that it can, it can hound me and it can pester me if it, if I'm, if I'm ignoring it. So I have a strong enough connection with my body to recognize these things. And so for me, food is one of those things. I don't cook, generally speaking, since I left London. I used to cook in London when I was in Singapore. I didn't cook at all. So as I've gotten older, I'm cooking less and less. So I'm buying a lot more prepared food out of pure laziness. But having said that, I, I have salads. I have fruit every day. Um, I only, pretty much only drink water. I rarely have alcohol. Um, I, I don't take any recreational drugs. I don't do any of those things. Not that I feel that there's something wrong with them. I just don't enjoy the way that they make me feel. So I choose not to do them. And so, like I say, I watch what I eat so I don't have to worry about what I eat. And being able to have that relationship with my body the way that I do gives me that freedom and flexibility. You know, years ago, I was playing squash in, in Singapore. One of my muscles got pulled to the point where I couldn't play anymore and I, I had to stop playing. And that was the beginning of my downward cycle physically. Um, I pulled things in my leg that weren't healing where I couldn't do physical activities. I couldn't walk up a hill. Sorry, I couldn't walk down a hill without pain in my legs. And so I couldn't go hiking anymore, which I love to do. And so there's things in my body that have forced me to not be physical. And I've worked with healers, I've worked with my own healing, I've worked with my own energy, and it's still there for whatever the reason. And I trust in that. And I have faith that there's a purpose and a reason behind this. And eventually, and again, this goes to your comment. I know that when I get myself to a certain level within the own expansion of my awareness, my body will heal itself of anything and everything that it needs help with. And I know that. I know that from, again, a very deep, deep sense of my knowing. I don't feel like I'm there yet, but that's part of my journey as well. So a couple little comments here. So thank you. Um, 
Jillian. I appreciate the the conversation, and I'm aware of the time, so um, I, we've kind of gone over a little bit. Um, I do not want to eat cookies and tell me. Yeah, so Maitland is, is again a guide that works with Jamie Butler a lot, and she comes to play with us as well. And Maitland loves cookies, and so mm -hmm. Kiara's saying that she invites Maitland to come and and enjoy the cookies as she's eating them. And Sally's saying that she does the same thing with her mom as she's, you know, enjoying foods and drink on her birthday to, to invite her mother to be part of it. Yeah, so this is beautiful. So this is a way in which we can, we can invite spirit to interact with us at another level. And so guys, thank you. I'm going to start kind of wrapping this up. So um, thank you guys for listening to my, my banter and, and, and sharing my experience with you guys. Um, what I am inviting you guys to do is um, I, I've, I would love to work with anybody that's interested in doing a spiritual journey. Um, if that's something that you're interested in doing, please feel free to reach out to me. And again, tr full transparency, the reason that I'm not offering a discount on the spiritual journey is because of Scott, Scott Fitzgerald de Tramble, who's going to be see, uh, episode 12 at the end of the, the series that's what he specializes in and i didn't want to interfere with his offer by off by me offering something similar um and so what i am offering you guys if you're interested in working with me um at a discounted rate and i put that in air quotes is uh, a spiritual deepening conversation which is what i would refer to as a, a speech spiritual development coaching where we talk about anything that you want to talk about go in any direction that's relevant for you to explore um and i trust that your team and my team will help guide me to say things that are relevant for you to hear and or ask questions that are relevant for you to experience um, and so that's what i'm offering you guys if you're interested in working with me um but of course if you want to do a spiritual regression with me I, you're more than welcome a spiritual journey a life beyond form spiritual journey so guys thank you very much um i don't know if anybody has any last minute questions or comments before we sign off excellent well thank you guys so lots of love to you i will see you guys if you're able to join us tomorrow uh tomorrow we've got uh joanne angel barry colman uh chiara prato uh, and scott fitzgerald de temple uh, tomorrow will be the last day of our live sessions. Uh, the replays, I've been getting a lot of questions from people about the replays. The replays will begin a couple days after the live sessions. Uh, there's information on the website for that. Um, and thank you guys all for being here. Yeah. I appreciate your, your willingness to be part of my journey and to honor me and allowing me to be part of yours. So thank you guys. Thank you, Danny. And with that, I will leave you with being spirit, being human, and simply being from love. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Thank you for being part of this incredible experience. We hope that this session has inspired a new level of understanding within you, allowing you to expand more easily into the essence of your true self and become an even more powerful alchemist in your own life. 
We invite you to listen to the session again and again in order to go deeper each time and expand even more. Have it be via the replays or the unlimited access package. If you have enjoyed being part of this event, we invite you to tell your friends so that they can join us in the future. We are grateful that you are here and we thank you for co-creating this experience with us. Until next time, we leave you with being spirit, being human, and simply being from love.